0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: How do you handle it when your sin is so large, so embarrassing, so hidden, and it feels like God would never actually deal with you in a good way? Uh, We're going to dig into a story about exactly that. Today we are in 2 Samuel 11 and 12 and also 1 Chronicles 20.
0: Well, we're in um 2 Samuel with a very I would say very well-known account of David and his poor choices <laughs> or one of his poor choices. Um but I think it's really interesting like David is he finds Bathsheba while like all the men are out at war um and he wants her so he gets her. Um, but what is so interesting about this story, so, I don't know, I guess, give a little backstory. When he takes her, she becomes pregnant. The, the child that is, like, born of, or to them, uh, gets sick and dies. In the meantime, David is, like, feeling so embarrassed by his sin that he basically tries to have the husband come back so that it looks like it's his child But he refuses to go home. Like, he wants to be, like, this devout warrior. He doesn't want to be home. Um, So David's like, well, I can't make it look like he's the father. So I guess I'll just send him out and kill him. Um, So the husband of this woman is out, dies in battle. And David just kind of takes his wife then, I guess, anyway. Um, But what's crazier to me about this story is that if not for this instance... We would also not be introduced to another character in the story. Another son from David and Bathsheba is Solomon, which is so crazy because he is an integral part um, to much of what we know about the temple and um, a lot of these other um, wisdom literature books. So it's also kind of crazy in that because it's just like, man, why did he have to do that? But at the same time, had he not, parts of like biblical history would be obsolete
1: yeah I do I do have a caution on had he not there's plenty of people that see this as it's it's possible that God had always intended that David and Bathsheba be together um but not in this way obviously um obviously there's there's <clears throat> a lot of different ways you could look at this story a very real question is well Solomon is such a huge part of the worship of God in Israel Solomon's going to build the temple. Solomon's going to be the wisest, known as the wisest king that ever lived. Solomon is going to oversee uh, like a lot of the peace and riches of Israel, but Solomon is also going to completely lose his mind at the <laughs> end of his life. And so Solomon is not this amazing character, he's super flawed, just like David is super flawed. I was going
0: to say I'm not sure that's really <clears throat> the case for anybody. And it,
1: it it does it it causes you to wrestle. I think that's probably a topic for a whole a whole podcast on its own, it causes you to wrestle with like, okay, so if God is in control, then how, how like surely Solomon was not an accident. Mm -hmm. So if Solomon was always intended to be King of Israel, then how does this work? And that would kind of reveal what you believe about God's sovereignty in and of yourself (laughs) and how you, how you see the world. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that at a different time, I think. Um, but basically, um, we read the other day, second Samuel 10, where Joab is leading the Israelites against the Ammonite armies. And so what the author is doing in 2 Samuel is he introduces that war with the Ammonites in Second Samuel 10. And while the Israelites are fighting that war, David is supposed to be with him, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And so because David does not go where he's supposed to, he falls into sin. So you can make a list of many things that David does oh, incorrectly. First of all, he's supposed to be at war. He doesn't go. Second of all, he's lusting after this woman from the roof of his house. He shouldn't be doing that. Third of all, he goes in basically like, I mean, the text actually says like he took her. Yeah. He's a king. She's just some woman living down in the town. Like that is not not good. Um, <laughs> it's not Uh, Obviously, they have this sexual relationship that's not okay. Then there's this premeditated murder to make sure Uriah dies. That's not okay. Then he's going to lie to Nathan the prophet. That's not okay. Like, the list (laughs) just just goes on and and on and on and on and on.
0: But isn't it funny, though? Like, sin does that to us. And that's just, that's not unique to David at all. Like, how many times have we found ourselves, I mean, anybody, where one sin leads to another? And then before you know it, you're, like, wrapped up in this, like, awful place um, and I think that speaks a lot to, um, also not being like really in tune with God either and having Him as a like necessary, needed part of your day to day life. Um, uh, because I think there's not really a whole lot of mention in this chapter at all of any reference to God or David seeking Him out. It's funny though that once, um, David kind of hits this low of lows when that baby is born. That is when he starts like dedicating a lot of his time fasting, praying to God. Um we were talking earlier how so after that child did they did they give it a name? Like did we is I, there I don't, I don't think, think there we're aware of a name, no. Okay, well anyway, when that baby becomes like incredibly sick and something is like very wrong with it, uh David kind of Kicks it into full gear and is like, okay, I need to fast, I need to pray because I want this child to live. And we had talked a little bit about that earlier um, because the outcome of that prayer and fasting was not what David wanted. Um, And I think that speaks to us a little bit. I know I had, huh? I had tried fasting last week um, for the first time, and it is like that is not an easy task for sure, and it requires a lot of discipline and like really focusing on prayer. And I think when you're in a situation like David's and you're fasting and praying and the results are not what you expect, that would be like very humbling.
1: Uh, there's a lot to be learned from this entire story. And actually it's funny how you can read through the, the full text of the Bible and you hit these laws where it's like, I don't know, am I getting anything out of uh-huh. this? And then you hit like two chapters where it's like, Oh my goodness, there's so much packed in here. Mm-hmm. Um, So I I do think the way that David handles uh, God's judgment is really interesting. A lot of times the David and Bathsheba story, the sin gets a lot of attention Uh and not the fallout. And so I do like that we're focusing more on the fallout. Basically, Nathan comes to David and confronts him. Um, David owns up to what he's done. And God says, hey, like, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to spare you. I'm not going to demand your life right now. But the sword will never depart from your family. So God makes a judgment that is violence will be part of your lineage now, which was not what God had said from the beginning. God had said that you would have this, um, forever kingdom and peace would forever be with you if you listen to me. Mm -hmm. And so David did not listen to him. So now the sword is going to be part of his family. That does come true. We're going to see that as we read the narrative. Um, he says that this child is not going to live. We see that that happens. Mm -hmm. And David's response is really interesting because he goes straight to prayer, he fasts for seven days. He's taking this so seriously that the like the servants are afraid to tell him what has happened, mm-hmm. um, because they're afraid of how he's going to act. So it's obvious that the servants at least thought David was praying in a way that he believed this child would be healed if that was what God wanted. Yeah. Um, so I do have I do have some subtle thoughts on this issue. I know that there is. Um, there's a stream of Christianity that believes that God intends to heal you always. Um, God intends to never have any kind of challenging things show up in your life. It seems like from this story that that's not true. (laughs)
0: doesn't,
1: that doesn't seem like it's completely correct. It, from what we can tell, David is seeking the Lord with like complete fervor and complete belief. Mm -hmm. He's denying himself in a, in a very extreme sense. He's fasting for seven days. Um, and God still demands the life of the child. So we should, when we deal with things, we should seek the Lord in prayer completely. We should believe that God will act in complete faith, uh, but God doesn't always act the way that we tell him to, mm-hmm. because if 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 God always did what we said, we would be God and not him. Right. And so because God is God, he's in control, we're not, and ultimately this child dies. What's really interesting is the servants are afraid to tell David Um, when they tell David, he kind of discovers like, oh, it must have happened. So David gets up, he washes himself off. He goes in to God's presence and worships the Lord. He doesn't get furious that God didn't do what he wants. He doesn't uh, fall into disbelief. He basically says, okay, God, like that's what you wanted to do. I'm going to believe that that's what you wanted to do. I'm going to praise you and worship you. Uh, So it's really interesting. I think one of the core concepts here is that sin has consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, God did forgive David for his sin, but David lived a harder life because of his sin. Um, And I think also, like, we should always be driven to prayer, but maybe the Lord will not answer your prayer exactly how you think he should, and that doesn't mean he's not God.
0: Right. So what's a year apart for today's reading?
1: Uh, We started off talking about, like, how do you handle when you fail in a significant way? You own up to it. Uh, what's really cool is that God did fail not
0: fail, meaning sin.
1: Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. When there when there is sin in your life, um, God actually says that they, um, like David, despised His law. And so when when we do that, one, we should never strive to fall into sin in that way. Mm-hmm. But when you do, one of the things that is revealed here in this text is that God is gracious. He is compassionate. He does forgive us. The Bible is full of people with significant sin in their lives that God forgives. Um, But there is consequences from our sin. And so sometimes the decisions that you've made that were sinful, um, you will repent and God will forgive you. That is always true. But it doesn't mean that you'll live consequence free. So I think that David understood he was forgiven. I think that David understood that God did put difficult things in his life because of his sin. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure he regretted that. And it's the same in our lives today. You can think of times probably um, when God definitely forgave your sin, but you had to walk out real life consequences because of that. Yeah. So, and I think that's because God is gracious, but he's also just. And so he wants us to strive for holiness. And when we miss the mark, there is forgiveness, but there is consequence. So I think just an encouragement to you, like God is gracious. God is forgiving. Please don't ever hear me saying that you are too far from God. That is not true. I don't care what you've done or what you've fallen into. God will forgive your sin if you repent and turn to him. Uh, But you might deal with consequences of that sin as you work out the rest of your life. Um, but God in his grace, he makes a way for us. He provides for us. He cares for us. And so I just, I just encourage you, if there is sin in your life, go to God for forgiveness. Um, and then seek him for provision as you walk as a follower of Jesus. I think it's really important. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We're looking at the Psalms. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today.
0: Second Samuel chapter 11. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened one late afternoon, when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself for her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how people were doing, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went to the, ca- the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house and with all the servants of his lord, and did not go down into his house. When they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in an open field. Shall I then go to the house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him. And he ate in his presence and drank, so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch and the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, Set Uriah in the front line of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him, that he may be struck down and die. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting. And he instructed the messenger, When you have finished telling all the news about the fighting to the king, then, if the king's anger rises, and if he says to you, Why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech the son of Jerubbisheth? Did not a woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall, so that he died at Thevez? Why did you go so near the wall? And you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. The messenger said to David, The men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus shall you say to Joab, Do not let his matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord.
1: 2 Samuel 12 And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. Then David's anger kindled greatly against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little... I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house And I will take your wives before your own eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of the house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, the child is dead? He may do himself some more harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to the servants, is the child dead? They said, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. He then went to his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and went into her and lay with her, and she bore a son, And he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. And he sent a message by Nathan the prophet, so he called his name Jedidiah, because of the Lord. Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah, moreover I have taken the city of waters. Now then gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called by my name. So David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took the crown of their king from his head. The weight of it was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone, and it was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city a very great amount. And he brought out the people who were in it and set them to labor with saws and iron picks and iron axes, and made them toil at brick kilns. And thus he did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem.
0: 1 Chronicles chapter 20. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, Joab led out the army and ravaged the country of the Ammonites and came and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem, and Joab struck down Rabbah and overthrew it. And David took the crown of their king from his head. He found that it weighed a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone. And it was placed on David's head, and he brought out the spoil of the city a very great amount, and he brought out the people who were in it, and set them to labor, with saws and iron picks and axes. And thus David did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. And after this there arose war with the Philistines at Gezer. Then Sibekai the Hushethite struck down Sippai, who was one of the descendants of the giants, and the Philistines were subdued. And there was again war with the Philistines. And Elihan the son of Jair struck down Lami, the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature, who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in number. And he also was descended from the giants.' And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, struck him down. These were the descendants of the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants.
1: Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at Part at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.